Hola listeners, welcome to the Adventure Seed Podcast, a random roller podcast where every show is different. I'm Whitney. And I'm Heather. Out of 20 possibilities, we chose The Magic Fish, written and illustrated by Trung Lee Wen for today's adventures. We also rolled for drinks. Heather is having a tequila, so I made her a margarita. (laughs) And I am having a Modelo Especial. So stick around and see what chaos we come up with today. absolutely am in love with this book yeah it's really good i like it a lot um um can i pause for a second and cheers to you having your first alcoholic beverage since preggers land on air i'm (laughs) so excited all right um so i was really excited and was very overwhelmed by all my choices for (laughs) popular graphic novels because we wanted to do something that was a bit more current Mm -hmm. and I had like five and sent you all five of them. And I said, I need help narrowing this giant list down. Cause we had some really good contenders. I think we did. And we will, I'm sure get to all of those books at some point on the show mm-hmm. because they are all excellent books. Yeah. And what I really liked about all of them is when I went to the most popular graphic novels of 2020, I know it's 2021, but you know, when you're doing like the best, I like to have a whole year's worth right, to choose from. And so when I was looking at it, all of our like political uprest and people kind of like these younger generations getting more woke and trying to be more aware of Mm -hmm. their surroundings and the whole nine yards, you could tell that art completely encapsulated that and tried to tell new stories. And there were a lot of artists and nationalities reclaiming things Mm -hmm. and uh, showing us more than just suffering. And it was it was a lot of fun to see this this list this random weird list, and we saw one where a Superman version is punching punching Nazis. Yes, we saw all kinds of crazy a stuff. Dune as a graphic novel. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then we saw Magic Fish, and you immediately jumped on that train. I jumped on that train for two reasons. The first is because I already had a copy of the book, which, which makes is... reading something a lot easier to do. <laughs> Very. Um, Comics I, are expensive. <laughs> I also had the the privilege of learning a lot about um, the culture of this book and the history of this book um, at a conference that I went to virtually, of course, last fall. Um, the Young Adults um, NCTE and Allen Conference. Uh, National Council is the Teachers of English, and then Allen is the... Uh, oh, how does it stand for? It's basically teen literature for the National Council of Teachers of English. Those are a whole lot of words. Yeah. To talk about people who read a lot of words. Yeah. <laughs> Conferences for English teachers that love books a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's super exciting. Yeah. Did you get your copy there? Yeah. So every year they curate a box of about 40 to 55 books and they usually like give us the box upon check-in and then we all gather in this giant ballroom and for the entire weekend there's this massive trading and hoarding of books 
by English teachers. Like a bunch of dragons. Yes. Because, like, everybody gets a box that's slightly different, and you always get two copies of something in your box. And so that gives you something. They encourage you to mingle. To, to mingle and trade. And, but this came in my box this year. And they very carefully select books of people who are speaking at the conference. So I also got to hear him speak about his book at the conference. Oh, that's really exciting. Yeah, okay, so that's fun. really cool. So no wonder you were very excited to see mm-hmm. that I could have picked anything and we picked that. So that's very cool. Yeah, she she sent me the text. Here's the list. And I was like, magic fish. <laughs> you mean like I so we we have a history of weird texting, um, and I have never had a response from you so fast in my entire life than when you were like, I'm in it. We are doing this. This is the one that I want to do. I mean, I'll gladly do these other ones, but I want this one. <laughs> and I'm really glad that you were so excited and passionate about it. Um, I, I came to it from a completely different perspective. I saw the mermaids. Like, I saw yes. the, the magic fish. Yes. And I was really excited to see it. And so when I when I looked at it, you know we, we all know at this point, if you've been listening to us, that the art's the most important part to me. And I was blown away by how minimalist it is, yet how intricate and fine. The line art in this book is phenomenal. And if you love manga-esque art, you will love the line art in this book. And the art by Trungles. We're going to have his... Uh, page in our show notes. We're also going to have um, the international, or yeah, the International Literacy Association did a reading with Trung, and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's very enthusiastic. You can watch his mannerisms. You can see the different pages of the graphic novel turn. It was really cool. It's a really cool little reading. So I hope you all check out that video as well because it was it was really neat, and I think it'll support the author as well. Absolutely. So. There are three colors, three primary colors, mm-hmm. the blue and the red and the yellow, and it's all incorporated in this book, which is really interesting. What I love about the book is that each color is paired with a setting in the novel, and the yellow is the setting of the past, the blue, the red is the setting of the current, and blue is the setting of the fairy tale. Well, fairy tales. Tales. Because, yeah, as we see, there is a theme of the magic fish in each of the tales. There's something fish related Mm -hmm. in in each tale. And it was really interesting to see the rags to riches mythos in three completely different ways. Well, and what I love about the fact that all three tales are included is that in fairy tales, three is such a magical number. And so we have three colors, we have three time periods, if you will, we have three fairy tales. And so to see that number play out in triplicate through the novel just <laughs> made my English heart my, so happy. My, like, I'm not a numbers person as in math, I'm a numbers person as in magic. Yeah. <laughs> and so all that was very happy for me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really, it was really a... Very well-rounded, well-written, well-illustrated. I can't have... There's not a single negative word that I have to say about the magic fish. No. We totally geek-girled over it on our own. Uh, you you said you were starting it and finished immediately. I said I was starting it and finished it immediately. I have one complaint about the magic fish. <gasps> Be careful because... It was too short. I need more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Valid. That is valid. And it's not even that it's a short book. It's actually, if it's you a, pick it up at the book. library 
And so I, I borrowed it from the library. Mm-hmm. I borrowed it digitally from the library. That's exciting. That was really interesting. It's the first comic book I've written, read from the library. It was really weird. Did you enjoy the digital aspect of turning the pages of a comic book on your phone? No. Oh. I need the sound. Yeah. I need the fill. I want to flip back and forth. I don't, like, I don't, my attention span is very, oh, look, there's a squirrel. <laughs> so it, it was challenging, mm-hmm. to say the least. And doing it as a, as a story for one of our stories was exceptionally challenging having it in a digital format for me. Mm-hmm. Technology is just not my friend. I completely understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've talked about that yeah. too on the show a time or two. <laughs> it only works when it wants to and never when you need it. Yeah. So with that said, yeah, it, it, was, it was good to read it though. And I ate it right up. And I read it twice, in fact, oh, so wow. that I wouldn't have as much of a problem or as much of a need for needing to go back and forth. And I also listened to the video that Trung read himself. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of fun to, to hear a, a passage. And the passage that he, he read about is uh, one that I found kind of interesting, too, because I just wanted to look it up. I needed to research something. And it was the one where they talked about Diego Maradona. Mm-hmm. Like, it was his jersey that the, his friend, so Tien's friend, uh, his, what, what was his name, Julian? Julian, yes. Julian and Claire. And he was wearing the the number of his favorite. And I was like, oh, it was to memorialize him. Mm-hmm. Because he passed away in last year, like yes. fall of last year. And so we looked it up and it's, he died like a month after this was written. Yeah. So it's kind of neat uh this is his his debut comic book Mm -hmm. his debut graphic novel and so it's kind of you could tell that he he clearly what meant something to to the author so it's kind of nice to have that kind of memorialized yeah Yeah. in the in the book i thought that was neat um can we talk for a moment about what a great friend to tn claire and julian both are absolutely i love the wholesomeness of the friendships in this book Without there being, like, a forced love triangle or for, like, it's very rare that we get a teen lit book that just focuses on a wholesome friendship. Absolutely. And I love that this book does that. And and there are some aspects. Tian is struggling to come to, not necessarily come to terms, but to express to his parents his sexuality. And um, his friends are just so supportive and wonderful for him. And and for me, one of the most touching moments is how Julian helps address it at the school dance. And I just think that was so beautiful. I completely agree. So for those of you who don't know about The Magic Fish, The Magic Fish is a story that is bridging barriers. Mm-hmm. It is a story of how to learn how to communicate when words aren't easy yes is that would you find that appropriate like summation (laughs) and well and so i'm i'm reading this not just having like the words of uh trungles himself like in my mind from the conference but i had just finished reading amy tan's joy luck club i love that in the opening of that book it talks about how the mother is coming from china and she wants all of the the best for her daughters in america and how she hopes one day 
Her daughter speaks perfect American English, and when she wants to share her Chinese culture with her daughter, she can't find the right American words. Um, and so all she has left is like this symbolic feather of almost nothingness compared to like the great cultural expanse that China is. Um, and but the mother like is always trying to find the right English word. Mm-hmm. Well, in this book, uh, Tian is always trying to find the right Vietnamese word to express his sexuality to his parents so that they understand. And so comparing like the two mindsets of of Amy Tian's Chinese mother and Tian as as a gay Vietnamese son, and they're both trying to find the right word. Like I think that speaks so powerfully to language and the power of language, but also the barrier that language can present. And I think you bring up a great point. What what spoke to me so much in this novel is how it ends up they they need art. Yes. They need a book to to find that bridge on how to express something. Art transcends words. Absolutely. And it was really cool to watch the mother like the mother so the mother is Vietnamese and so is the father and they 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 came to this country mm-hmm. together and you watch the flashbacks in yellow of their life in mm-hmm. Vietnam Very and tragic. first here in the Americas. Mm-hmm. And then you watch the blue fairy tale. So you've got the fairy tale that they that the mother and son are sharing to help teach her English. Like she's mm-hmm. learning English through the books. And yes. a lot of people do that. Uh, one of my friends, her mom read through a Spanish comic book. That's how she mm-hmm. learned how to speak English. So it's just really interesting to 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 know that something as simple as a fairy tale to to one person could mean a translation guide to mm-hmm. another person. I find that really kind of poetic. And they, so they're talking about this and they're telling the story and you, you learn that her mother is ill and she's trying to get home to, to see her mother. Yeah. And, uh, so she, I guess she's home in in Vietnam and her brother is taking care of their mother. Is that correct? Uh, Aunt or well, her sister, I think. Okay. Or her mother's sister. Well, I know that her aunt is still alive. Yes. So maybe it's maybe it's the brother-in-law and the mm-hmm. aunt. So um, so she calls and talks to her frequently on the phone. You there's an auntie in the story mm-hmm. that we're being told yes. and, and reading along with Tian and his mother, and you can see how there are influences of Julian that come through in, in the story. Mm-hmm. You can see you could see how like the present day and the fables are all kind of lining up. Yes, and it it feels almost as if the mother is helping select these fairy tales to help guide Tien to what he's also trying to communicate. Well, you know, people just want to be like heard and seen and understood, mm-hmm. and you can't help but wonder if the mom is has noticed the inclination towards mm-hmm. the princess fairy tale yes and and wanting to maybe encourage that and see where that that goes mm-hmm. for the son because it, it, was it her who picked up the book in the first yes. place it was her that picked it out so that's very interesting i didn't realize that so that you brought up a cool well and she tn is narrating and he talks about like he at one point thought he was too cool for fairy tales but he like comes back to them again um but he does say that it was it was at his mother's 
request to better her English. And so part of me wonders, like, mothers, they pick up on things. So did she request this because she knew that it was the story he needed this time? Right. Well, it's clear that she doesn't know no. Right. She she hasn't admitted anything to herself, as we can tell later in the book. Mm-hmm. But... The inclination and the knowing this is something to read. Always trust a mother's intuition. I've been told you're a mom. Do you have that? <laughs> yeah, I would like to think so. Otherwise, my kid's really pulling some over on me right now. That's so funny. <laughs> so we we get we in, we're introduced to the first uh, magic fish story. It's beautiful and mm-hmm. super amazing, and I love it. And you you watch in real lifetime. The friendship that blossoms between Julian and Tien, as well as Claire pushing for for Tien to kind of come out to his friend that he has a crush on. And it turns out that his grandmother doesn't make it. Like, mm-hmm. there's a point in the story, the fairy tale story, he's, he's read it. He sees the love that's blossomed and grown and only stays and sticks around for his parents. Like he's watching his parents be madly in love after all mm-hmm. these years and adventures and trials and errors. And he's ready to come out. He's ready to tell him. You can see mm-hmm. he's like, now here's my moment. And then they get terrible news that she's, she's passed away. And so she has to go back to Vietnam alone. They've been saving to go as a family. This is her first time back in her country. And she goes to see her auntie. Mm-hmm. And what, what knocked me aback, is when they're kind of just having a conversation, the aunt and the Tian's mom, and we see that she she forgot their version, the mm-hmm. Vietnamese version of the same rags to riches Cinderella esque story. Yes, and so she tells her, "Oh, well, here's here's our story. Here's a version of this story that maybe you've forgotten." Mm-hmm. And I think you really. Liked it a lot. <laughs> yes. Well, and what I... So the first the first story is a Cinderella-esque story. And what I love about it is Cinderella is kind of in hiding. And she presents as this non-gendered, almost serving boy. who Who's willingly doing it. Willingly doing it. Mm-hmm. Um... And the prince encounters the Cinderella character in a field with peaches, and they become friends. And the prince just always refers to this character as they. I love that. I, I pointed I love, that out myself. I yeah. love how naturally seamless they also are addressing, like, trans identity and trans validation. Like, the prince doesn't even, like, bat an eye that there's this trans-presenting person wandering around his castle. He then falls in love with a very female presenting Cinderella, and um, he goes back to the field the next day, and he's like, oh, friend, you won't believe who I met last night, and like, totally different person in his brain. Mm -hmm. It's just wonderful. And then we get the Vietnamese story, and it's the same plot in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. and it, it reminds me a lot of, of some of the same beats that the Grimm's fairy tale has in terms of the father and the stepmother. Very much. just as dark. Yes. Um, but then you get some of those more Eastern ideas about fate and purpose that we don't often have in our Western cultures. 
And I really loved this version. And again, because I'm a book nerd that's obnoxious, I read a, another book recently that dealt with the same fish Cinderella. And um, that book was, um, I believe it's called This Is How It Always Is. And I'm questioning myself, so I'm going to check my Goodreads while we keep talking. <laughs> um, but it, it deals with a trans child coming to terms, and they end up traveling to Vietnam as well. Um, and so this, this trans child in this other book, through the same Cinderella story, comes to terms with their own identity. And, and apparently this is just like the go-to trans fairy tale. Um, this is How It Always Is by Laurie Frankel is the other book that, that really paired well nicely with this text. Yeah. So we'll have to check that one out too then. What is it called again? This is How It Always Is. Okay. Um, and it's a very American story, very American writer. Um, but it's about a trans child becoming who she is meant to be and the beautiful support that her parents give her through that journey. And the beautiful support that their therapist gives through that journey. Um, it's about her accidentally being forced out at school when she was not ready to be. And then it's about her journey to the Far East. Well, about that. So the, the being forced out. So while while Tian's mother... What is Tian's mother's name? So Because she oh, has her own identity outside of being a mother. Yes. And I feel like poop now that I've forgotten what her name is. <laughs> As a mother, sometimes my name is just mother, too. I know, and I'm so sorry. That's not, that wasn't my intention. But so, she is, she's out of the country, and Tien is, is really struggling with mm-hmm. the death of his grandmother. Not the death of his grandmother, because as he says in the book, he, didn't, he never met her. He doesn't know her. But the fact that he was ready to come out and say something, and he feels mm-hmm. like that was the death of that moment. He doesn't yes. get to say his thing, that he had finally built up the courage and finally was capable of saying and he he really struggles and he's outed by his religious teacher can we talk about how much i strongly dislike the adults in the building at his school yeah i mean so the art is very like we said very minimalist what you see has a very very strong meaning and purpose right behind it if you see it in the book it's it means something and there's a cross behind her as she's basically Mm -hmm. outing him and saying how he i put i put in all capital words vomit (laughs) vomit at god people describing describing they're describing like he the the pastor describes it as death it's like it's like death and his grandmother literally just died. Yes. And he's describing coming out to his parents as death for them. That they feel like they've, they, their child has died when other parents have come out to him. And I just really wanted to reach through the book and strangle mm-hmm. somebody. Yeah. I found the mother's name. She actually has two names in the book. Uh, the first is... Hien. Hien. Okay. Uh, we might be pronouncing it incorrectly, but it's H I. E with a little triangle on top, followed by an accent mark, N. However, earlier in the well, book... Tian is spelled the same way, in yeah. his, so that's why we're going with Hien. With Hien, yeah. yeah. Um, but earlier in the book, when she's at work, um, what appears to be a potentially Middle Eastern or Islamic woman at her job refers to her as uh, Helen. 
Okay, so so you, she you has find, Americanized her name. Yeah, you do find that a lot of people who immigrate to an English-speaking country will anglicize their name mm-hmm. just for ease and comfort more than anything for the people around them. And I, 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 I hate that that's always mm-hmm. the case. Like, I'm not always the best at pronouncing things, but I'm going to try my darndest. And once you tell me, I'll remember. Yeah, well, I'll... Or at it's least not write that, it down. Yes, I mean, I'm so going to try really hard. Yes, so I'm going to try really hard. So... And we can learn names. We mm-hmm. know how, like, we can say Daenerys Targaryen all day long. Tchaikovsky. Yeah. So just do it. Suck it up yeah. and do it. Be, be real with people well, around Well, and, and that, that takes us back to that moment where she's talking to her own aunt back in Vietnam after her mother's passing. She feels like she's not only lost her mother, but she's lost aspects of her culture and her old life and her world. And even in America, she's lost her name. Absolutely. And I, I just can't, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that struggle and having that disconnect. And like, I know, I know how it is to feel ostracized in, in other ways, but never in, never in skin color and country of origin and what language I speak first. Even when I have been in a situation where I am the minority skin color when I went to India and taught it was not it was not in any way that I was treated as a minority um people wanted to have their picture taken with me because I was such like an exotic oddity but like in a positive way um we would be at a tourist site and families would come up and just like arrange their children around the white people to have their picture taken and that was very odd to me but like it wasn't off-putting in a way that like I ever felt like I was in danger whereas for a lot of minorities in this country when they're the minority like there can be a dangerous situation arise well and we've we've built a culture up to where that has has more often been the case Mm -hmm. and so I'm really hoping that we are breaking down some barriers Mm -hmm. and um this this book is actually it's all beautiful we're Mm -hmm. we don't we're not seeing this is not a suffering story we're not seeing no anything of i mean we we are seeing you know we're seeing suffering an emotional suffering of the child who but it's not know. a suffering of of culture or a suffering yeah it's a beautifully written would. book yes. and it's it's absolutely amazing and what she was saying is you don't necessarily remember the story but i'm going to tell you a a slightly different ending mm-hmm. she's like here's the rest of the story that you've forgotten. And so when she tells her the story, she says, no, auntie, that's not the story that I remember. And she says, but that's because all stories change. All people change. Times change. And stories change with the times. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was, I'm getting chill bumps again. I I thought that that was, what an awesome, Mm -hmm. an awesome moment to share with another human being what an, an awesome like thing to to think of and when you are lost and you feel she keeps saying that she's in between two oceans mm-hmm. excuse me and you see like you the art on the page you'll you see the the fish out of water in between the two oceans and she's talked about that a lot between america and vietnam mm-hmm. and the past and the present and it was really cool to see her have an aha moment like, mm-hmm. oh, 
I can be both. Yes. Like that gift from Eldorado, the road to Eldorado, mm-hmm. both, both, you know, like. And then she comes home to share the Little Mermaid story with Tien, a literal fish out of water. Mm-hmm. And so she comes, he, like, Tien's so upset and very distraught because the, the, the people at his school, his school, <laughs> anyway, um, so they are, they are outing him. To his family. Yeah. They, they've called. He got detention for it. And now he's gotten called to the principal's office. And he he's like, they're not even giving me the chance to be in the room when the news is broken. I just have to sit out here and just wait. So his mom comes out and she just looks at him. And she, her face, there's no words exchanged on the page. You can just see that she's sad. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't know why she's sad. But there are a lot of assumptions made mm-hmm. by, like, the majority of people. I don't know about the majority of people necessarily reading this book. But, like, majority time when your parent goes into the principal's office mm-hmm. and they come out and they look at you and they're sad, it's because they're disappointed. Mm-hmm. You've done something wrong. You've disappointed them. And I can just imagine his little heart just breaking yes even more like he probably couldn't imagine it hurting more and because he's been told by these authority figures at his school that being gay is going to be like another death to his mother i can only imagine he's assuming the absolute worst and the guilt yes like he he beats himself up over and over and over with the guilt part Mm -hmm. but then his mother tells him this beautiful story with the mermaids and and being the fish out of water and we see a beautiful resolution by the end. And she changes, and he's like, wait, that's not the story. <laughs> and she changes the story mm-hmm. for her son to show that two humans of the same gender have just a beautiful love story mm-hmm. as any other fairy tale that there could be or is. Yes. And just the freedom of knowing that was huge for him. Mm-hmm. Well, and we also see that mermaid character kind of beating herself up a little bit for guilt. And so she's, like, recognizing the emotions that Tian is going through. She's recognizing the the stress that he's been under. She's acknowledging it through the fairy tale story. But then she's giving him a happy ending. And you can see the joy that that gives him. Yes. Like, you can see how happy he is and how excited that makes him Mm -hmm. and it's it's really kind of pretty and and then he gets to go to the school dance well these he went to the school dance and that's right danced with yeah this was after the school dance because they saw she's like so you dance the teacher was like so you i saw you dancing with your little friend did you enjoy that it was so scummy and gross oh i hated it it was just awful Well, what did you think? How how did you like the book? What was your favorite part? Uh, my favorite part is definitely the art. When I opened the book and I saw that this book was done in monochromatic colors of blue and yellow and red, I was a little worried because I like really rich comic Vibrant. art. And so when I saw that it had just been like, color washed these things I was like oh no what have I done picking this book 
but <laughs> the line art and and just the beauty of these these fantasy stories and the the distinction between characters the way that cultures are represented on the page is just so beautiful and the author you mentioned um the negative space where it's used Ooh, yeah. in the book and the author just and and the artist just have a beautiful. Well, they're the same person, right. which is crazy to me. Which, that yeah, he's right. that like, talented to do right. both so that's well. That's not common. <laughs> um, but he has a beautiful understanding of how art communicates, and how words communicate, and when to use which, and when to leave blank space. And knowing when to leave blank space, I think, is one of the highest knowledges in the art world that someone can have. And I don't know that it can be taught. I think it's just like a beautiful talent that Trungles has. I yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that. It, it, like the we were talking about how it's kind of like it was the, their single F word. Yes. Allowed. Um, it it was it was really cool, and it's a very violent moment where he uses the blank space. Mm-hmm. Without having to like fully illustrate the violence. Yeah. So if you all know what we're talking about, find it and let us know. Because it's like a little scavenger hunt now. Mm-hmm. We want you to read the story. We know that we've told you a lot about it. But it's not anything you haven't read from that you couldn't read just by pulling it up anywhere. And if you know the Cinderella stories and the Little Mermaid stories from our own Western culture mythos, you're, you're not going to be surprised by anything plot-wise. But it's using these stories with different cultural connotations and endings to tell a beautiful family story of coming togetherness. Speaking of families, uh, we're going to do a, a interesting business shout out today. Yes. So there it's is... It's a family of shops. It is a family <laughs> of shops. Um, so just before the pandemic, um, in, in late 2019, a donut shop opened on our side of town called Buck and Good Donuts. And um, they ended up moving to a, a better location for their business setup to Seymour. So if you live in the Seymour area, Buck and Good Donuts. Buckin is B-U-C-K apostrophe N. And they're from Texas. Like Bucky. Yeah, they're from Texas. Their logo is a bucking horse. So um, Buck and Good. Um, but the sister-in-law of those shop owners ended up opening in the same space here in Halls. And it's called Sina's Donut and Deli of Halls. S-I-N-A apostrophe S. Yes. And they have some of the best donuts. I'm going to give away my gluttonous here. But um, I can order a, a two dozen of their donut holes and accidentally eat all two dozen of their donut holes <laughs> in less than 15 minutes. It's like a vacuum cleaner going into my face of donut holes. Um, they are, are fluffy. Well, the pictures look gorgeous. Yeah, that glaze. Mm. My, my favorite actual donut there is their chocolate glazed. It's better than Dunkin'. And that is blasphemous for me to say, but it's true. And I know how you feel about Dunkin' Donuts. So if there's a local donut shop that makes Dunkin' pale, it's fresher than like. Sh- that's so they, crazy to me. They get there every morning and they make the donuts from scratch. They don't even open until eight a.m., which is very rare for a donut shop to not actually be open during the business breakfast rush. Yeah. Um, but it's because they get there and make everything from scratch. They make all of their glazes from scratch. They make all of their fillings from scratch. All of their jellies 
from scratch. Um, it's just so impressive. But my second favorite donut there is the red velvet glazed donut. And it is the moistest. I know some people don't like that word, but it's I the only it's way gross. to describe yeah. that word. Uh, it is it is a super damp. See, that makes it sound worse. Donut. I mean, I, you just, moist, you're just going to have to go with moist. It's a moist donut. And <laughs> it's just so good. Juicy donut? You don't want no, a juicy donut. No, you don't that want a juicy weird. donut. Moist. It's just, it's a moist donut. Stop saying I'm it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's a 10 out of 10. It's 10 a 10 out of 10 Goldblum. <laughs> 11. They turned it up to 11 on these donuts. Um... But yeah, they also, though, serve dinner items. They have great steak in a sack. Um, they're actually partnered with another well-known company in town for their deli items. Um, and that is the Time Out Deli. Who doesn't know Time Out Deli if you live in Knox County? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Um, but they have steak in a sack. They have chicken in a sack. Um, and because they are from uh, Cambodia, they also do a great chicken teriyaki. Well, and apparently there's something, a Cambodian donut that is yes. to die for. Very so much. we're going to have to check check out a lot of stuff there. Yeah, and I'm they have excited. the best fried okra in town if you need some good southern cooking. Well, I will be the judge of that because fried okra is my... BLT to mm-hmm. die for. Yeah, so much fun. Yeah. Okay, now that we're hungry, <laughs> it's clear that it's almost supper time. <laughs> um, but so I guess it's time to do some rolling. Yes. Right. We're going to uh, roll a dire three and figure out what we're going to read for next time. I, I was actually pretty excited about our, our choices this time. Mm-hmm. So the green one is the story. The white one is our, is your drink. Perfect. I'm going to roll this green die first because it's a big and impressive. Thunk. A four. <laughs> you used your inspiration point last time. I'm sorry. I you know. Were, I think I think you got to do what you got to do. Oh, that was the that was, that was the, the book. book. Okay, and then the other one's the drink. Yes, I'll roll my drink as well. Uh, nineteen. Okay, your nineteen is a wine. Nice. And your four. <laughs> Is a kid's book. <gasps> I have so many ideas. Yeah. Uh, wait, let me make sure. I think, I think I'm right. Ooh, where did the list go? Where did the reading list go? Yeah, it's a kid's book. Perfect. I'll send you a list of three or four. And we'll okay. like... <laughs> <laughs> um, so on my little YouTube show, I've been reading books. Yeah. Like I've been reading little story time. Do you want to do a little plug for your YouTube show? <laughs> it's no drinking in the library. That's why you drink at home. <laughs> yes. No, but it is no drinking in the library. I just get drunk and I do stupid shit on camera. And I don't have that many of them. So it's not like a thing. Right. But it's just fun. But I've been doing, I've had a lot of, reco- I did a, a kid's book. A kid story, because I got really tipsy. Mm-hmm. And I was reading to my stuffed animals. <laughs> my little stuffies. I love this. <laughs> Roland's little uh, rhinoceros is on, oh. was on the bed. So I was reading to him, and I, I, I had a lot of positive feedback, and people wanted more. So I did a second one, and I got a lot more positive feedback. So... Wow, drunk, drunk, drunk children's story to stuffies. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Who, who, There's a market for that. Who to thunk? <laughs> <laughs> but so I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. So this will this will be some good research for what I should do for that show too. Yes. 
Um, but so yeah, so we'll do a children's book. And oh shit, you I need to roll it. your drink. Oh, this is a different die, and I rolled a four. So that is just... fours are plaguing us. Yeah, that's not good. At least you're getting your four. And I think my it's four. because I lager beer. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, it's kind of what I had today. Yeah, Modelo is a, a lager, but I really like Modelo. So you're drinking Modelo again? No, unless you find something. I'm else. gonna have to get like a level four. What is this level? Well, this is a good beer. Oh, okay. Like, You're going to, like, upgrade, though. No, I mean, it's a four, so you got to downgrade. Because oh. it's, like, it's a D20, right? Yeah, So that's the lower true. you go, the worse it's supposed to be. Yeah. So, like, maybe one of those gross American beers, like... Oof. Bud. Bud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not knocking it. If that's what you like, that's all you. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to have to get some. Weird. So, lager beer. Yay! Yay! So excited! <laughs> but I think a children's book will be fun. We have a couple of books. We do. We do have. I forgot about that. Okay, so that's cool. Yeah. All right, so a little bit more excited about it. So, I guess it's just time to say sayonara to everybody. Yeah. You think it's about that time? I do. Alrighty. So, it looks like we are reading a children's book for next time. We had another fun one off here today at Adventure Seed Podcast. Follow our quest, Adventure Seed Podcast, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and wherever you get your podcasts. May the dice always be in your favor. Roll well. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye.